Left Behind podcast episode number 7 COVID-19 healthcare workers at risk for mental health and happy childhood. The daily toll of COVID-19 as measured by new cases and the growing number of deaths overlooks a shadowy set of casualties. The rising risk of mental health problems among healthcare professionals working on the front lines of the pandemic. A new study led by University of Utah health scientists suggests more than half of doctors, nurses and emergency responders involved in COVID-19 care could be at risk for one or more mental health problems, including acute traumatic stress, depression, anxiety, problematic alcohol use and insomnia. The researchers found that the risk of these mental health conditions was comparable to rates observed during natural disasters such as 9-11 and Hurricane Katrina. What healthcare workers are experiencing is akin to domestic combat, says Andrew J. Smith. PhD Director of the U of U Health Occupational Trauma Programme at the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the study's corresponding author. Although the majority of healthcare professionals and emergency responders aren't necessarily going to develop PTSD, they are working under severe duress day after day with a lot of unknowns. Some will be susceptible to a host of stress-related mental health consequences by studying both resilient and pathological trajectories. We can build a scaffold for constructing evidence-based interventions for both individuals and public health systems. The study appears in the Journal of Psychiatric Research. In addition to U of U Health scientists, Contributors include researchers from the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences, University of Colorado, Colorado Springs, Central Arkansas VA Health Care System, Salt Lake City VA Health Care System, and the National Institute for Human Resilience. The researchers surveyed 571 healthcare workers including 473 emergency responders, firefighters, police, EMTs and 98 hospital staff, doctors, nurses. In the mountain west, between April 1st and May 7th, 2020, overall 56% of the respondents screened positive for at least one mental health disorder. The prevalence for each specific disorder ranged from 15% to 30% of the respondents with problematic alcohol use, insomnia and depression topping the list. Frontline providers are exhausted not only from the impact of the pandemic itself but also in terms of coping day to day, says Charles C. Benite, PhD, co-author of the study and a professor of psychology at the University of Colorado, Colorado Springs. They are trying to make sure that their families are safe 
and they're frustrated over not having the pandemic under control. Those things create the sort of burnout, trauma and stress that lead to the mental health challenges we are seeing among these caregivers. In particular, the scientists found that healthcare workers who were exposed to the virus or who were at greater risk of infection because they were immune compromised had a significant increase risk of acute traumatic stress, anxiety and depression. The researchers suggest that identifying these individuals and offering them alternative roles could reduce anxiety, fear and sense of helplessness associated with becoming infected. Alcohol abuse was another area of concern. About 36% of healthcare workers reported risky alcohol usage. In comparison, estimates suggest that less than 21% of physicians and 23% of emergency responders abuse alcohol in typical circumstances. Caregivers who provided direct patient care or who were in supervisory positions were at greatest risk. According to the researchers, they say offering these workers preventative education and alcohol abuse treatment is vital. Surprisingly, healthcare workers in this study felt less anxious as they treated more COVID-19 cases. As these healthcare professionals heard about cases elsewhere before COVID-19 was detected in their communities, their anxiety levels likely rose in anticipation of having to confront the disease, Smith says. But when the disease started trickling in where they were, perhaps it grounded them back to their mission and purpose. They saw the need and they were in there fighting and working hard to make a difference with their knowledge and skills, even at risk to themselves. Among the study's limitations are its small sample size. It was also conducted early in a pandemic, in a region that wasn't affected by the disease, as other areas with high infection and death rates. Moving forward, the researchers are in the final stages of similar, but larger study conducted in late 2020 that they hope will build on those findings. This pandemic, as horrific as it is, offers us the opportunity to better understand the extraordinary mental stress and strains that healthcare providers are dealing with right now, Smith says. With that understanding, perhaps we can develop ways to mitigate these problems and help healthcare workers and emergency responders better cope with these sorts of challenges in the future. In addition to Dr. Smith, Hannah M. Wright, Tiffany M. Love and Scott A. Lantico of University of Utah Health contributed to this study. The study, Pandemic-Related Mental Health Risk Among Frontline Personnel, was published in the Journal of Psychiatric Research. It's well understood that a difficult childhood can increase the likelihood of mental illness. But according to new research from the, from the University of South Australia, a happy and secure childhood does not always protect a child from developing a mental illness later in life. 
conducted in partnership with the University of Canberra. The finding is part of a study published in Current Psychology, which examines how early childhood experiences relate to different developmental pathways and how these might be associated with poor mental health. Given that both positive and negative childhood experiences were found to manifest as anxiety or other mental health disorders into adulthood, researchers believe that it's our ability to adapt, or rather not adapt, to unexpected scenarios that might be influencing mental health. In Australia, almost 50% of the population will experience mental illness at some point in their lives, with an estimated 314,000 children aged 4 to 11, almost 14% experiencing a mental disorder. The national recurrent expenditure on mental health-related services is estimated at $9.9 billion, or about $400 per person. While the study reaffirmed that people who had adverse and unpredictable early life experiences had elevated symptoms of poor mental health, including depression and paranoia, it also found that children who grew up in a stable and supportive environments were also at risk of experiencing symptoms of anxiety in adulthood. Lead researcher and PhD candidate Unisaz Bianca Carl says the study highlights the indiscriminate nature of mental illness and reveals key insights about potential risk factors for all children. As the prevalence of mental health conditions expand, it's imperative that we also extend our knowledge of this very complex and varied condition. This research shows that mental health conditions are not solely determined by early life events, and that a child who is raised in a happy home could still grow up to have a mental health disorder. There are certainly some missing factors in understanding how our childhood environment and early life experiences might translate into mental health outcomes in adulthood. We suspect that our expectations about our environment and our ability to adapt Two scenarios when our expectations are not being met, that may be influencing our experiences of distress. If, as children, we learn how to adapt to change, we learn how to cope when things do not go our way, we may be in a better position to respond to stress and other risk factors for poor mental health. Testing this hypothesis is the focus of the next research study. And, you know, that hypothesis could be true, you know, and that's something that, you know, people within the mental health services or people or people within the mental health field need to have a look at. Yes, the child may have a happy, happy upbringing, but he or she is still susceptible to, you know, perhaps, you know, attaining a mental health disorder. Right? Obviously, there are gradations to it, and it depends on your circumstances, you know, that have, that have, may have led you 
to that diagnosis, but that would obviously be, you know, within their next research. But going back to the healthcare workers, their mental health, right, is at risk. And I know that, you know, everyone's mental health is at risk, right, but specifically from the article, with its, with its main focus on frontline workers, it's imperative that, of course, everyone with mental health should have the right support and have the right services to, you know, have access to. But we also need to take care of our frontline staff, you know, police, EMTs, you know, first first responders, etc. You know, and it's unfortunate that we've had to kind of, you know, come to terms with that within this, you know, awful situation. But we need to take we need to take action. Right, we need to look at the scenarios, look at the data, the research, whatever, and the government or the right people need to take action and put in place services that can equally you know, take care of their key workers, health, health, key workers, healthcare workers, right, during their no shift, you know, but there also needs to be services more available and better, you know, one-to-one for other people who are struggling, you know, because having phone numbers, you know, isn't enough, you know, because a lot of people who suffer from mental health want a one-on-one interaction, you know, they don't always want to be on on the end of the phone. So, but as I, as I said in the previous, in the last podcast, um, it, it's, it's knowing that there's a lot of issues that need to be sorted out. You know, there's, a lot, there's a lot of things that need to be put in place. It's not going to be an overnight thing. But we need to start recognising what we need. And it's for and it's time for the government and the right people to put it in place. But if you are struggling and you do need to do and you do need to speak to someone, then do please, please reach out to Samaritans on one one six one two three. I know it might not be a one to one, but it's better than nothing. They are they are trained, and you can be anonymous. Right, so do please reach out on, on social media. Head on over to our Instagram at scars left behind. That's behind without the e. The same on Twitter. Also, we have Facebook at SLB Podcast. Also, to subscribe to our podcast, we are also on Spotify, Acast. Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Radio Public. And we will be on more podcasts coming soon.